Was I on? Good morning, White's Ferry Road. There I am. Welcome to White's Ferry Road this morning. We're so glad that you're here with us. And I uh, got here a little late, so I didn't get to meet a whole lot of you. But I understand we got a, we're, we actually have a packed house today. And we're so glad that you're here with us. And I know a lot of you are from out of town and uh, are just getting back from town. So welcome here if you are our guest. Uh, we hope you feel welcome. Uh, hang around a little bit uh, so we can get to know you a little bit after uh, services and during our meet and greet time. Uh, we do have a couple of announcements we want to uh, call attention to on our slides. Uh, the HeartFest Banquet uh, kickoff uh, for Heart to Home is Sunday, August 17th here at White's Ferry Road in the Fellowship Center right over here at 6 o'clock. Please reserve your seat. Uh, you won't have a seat nor food at your seat. So please reserve your seat. Everyone is invited, uh, so we can reserve your seat by signing up at the table in the foyer uh, after services or during meet and greet or on, our, on their Facebook page. Also, uh, the Pro-Life Prayer Breakfast is next Saturday uh, at the Vantage Building in, in Monroe, and our very own Lisa Robertson will be the keynote speaker. Uh, you can R it's free, but please RSVP uh, with that, and, you, and there's more information in, in the bulletin about that as well. Uh, also, congratulations to Dallas and Ashley Jennings on the birth of their son, Jeremiah Wren. Uh, the kingdom is growing uh, in a lot of ways there. Also, next Sunday is our Back to School Sunday, and it's been a tradition for a long time here to have uh, our kids' pictures so that you can grab and put it on your refrigerator door and pray for them. If your child has not had their picture taken, today is the last Sunday to be able to do that. So during meet and greet, uh, you go over here to the children's wing where the castle is, find Natalie. Uh, she's the one with the camera taking the pictures and have your child's picture taken so we can get that, their name and everything out so you, we can, they can be prayed for uh, by people in our church this uh, next week. On a personal note, Thank you so much uh, for all the encouragement and the gifts and the, your attendance and uh, uh, just being family uh, yesterday. Uh, Avery was married, my daughter yesterday, and uh, married a great guy named Nathan Keene. And uh, they're off honeymooning right now, so I've got one down, two to go. And uh, so, uh, but it was a blessing. Thank you so much for your words of encouragement. Let's pray as we begin our day. Father, we thank you so much for your love, your grace, your mercy. Uh, thank you for a, a place that we can live in your grace and, uh, and, and understand and, and the joy of what it is to be in a relationship with you that is totally forgiving. Uh, as we live in this grace, I pray, Father, that the love that you have for us comes through us uh, into this world around us. As we head into our services today, I pray that our our songs are uplifting and inspiring to each other in a, a praise uh, and a fragrant offering to you. Uh, thank you so much uh, for the love you show us in so many ways. It's through Jesus we pray. Amen.
From the book of Matthew. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread. And after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Pray with me, please. Father in heaven, we give you glory and praise for another day to be in the presence of family and friends, but most importantly, Father, to be in the presence of you, God the Father, and of your Son, Jesus, just as it was on that day so many years ago. And Father, I pray that you will send your Spirit upon each and every man and woman and child in here today and impress upon us the importance of that small act so many years ago, the significance of what it means and why we still remember it to this day and why we still reenact it to this day. Father, I pray for your Spirit to give us wisdom as we reflect upon that time in Jesus' name. Amen.
I want to read the last sentence in that verse again. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Pray with me again, please. Father in heaven, I give you glory and praise for your word this morning that allows us to read about the past and give thanks for the future. Father, you made a promise to us right here in your word that if we believe in Jesus Christ, that if we do not deviate from the path, that if we hold strong to our convictions, that just like your disciples so many years ago, we will one day get to sit down and share a meal with you, Jesus. You made that promise right here in your word, Father, and I pray that as we do this on a weekly basis, that we will not grow weary, that we will not look over this part of the service that we will, Father, with the help of the Spirit, realize that this is an institution that's put in place by Jesus and the word that you gave us. And that every week we will remember that one day we have the promise to be as in the place of the disciples and to sit down with Jesus in heaven. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Pray with me one more time, please. Father in heaven, as we celebrate the offering this morning, Father, I pray that uh, as Christians and as your chosen children, that we will be reminded today that while we give, the goal is not to build up our treasures on earth, that this is only a temporary time for us, Father. If we believe that we will one day be in heaven, Father, I pray we will set our eyes on things above and that we will remember this is a race that has a finish line that we do not know when it will be, but it, it could be a short time, it could be a long time, Father. But it, the goal, Father, is to be in heaven one day. It's not to achieve earthly things. And Father, I also want to take this time to pray that you will send your angels to watch over and bless and protect our children as they will be starting school in the very near future. And Father, I pray for your spirit upon them and upon us as Christians that we will be courageous as we go throughout our daily lives. That we will not fall victim to the temptations that the devil, that the evil one puts before us. That we will have the courage to ask God to give us the blessings that he wants us to have, the blessings that allow us to follow the path he has chosen for us, but also have the courage to ask the Father to remove the things from our lives that do not come from him. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Good morning. Uh, before we get into our uh, lesson, I want to have uh, Charles come up. Charles, Charles is a, one of our World Radio men at, over in Africa, and he's here visiting with us today. And uh, he helps several of our World Radio speakers in a, in a section of Africa, and he lives in Kenya. And so I want you to get a chance to, uh, to meet and visit with him. I'm going to ask Alan to say a special prayer over, over Charles and his work right here. Father, it is a great opportunity anytime we can come together to lift praises to your name. I know that all over this world uh, today, Christians are coming together to proclaim you as Lord, uh, to partake in your wonderful supper, uh, to hear the proclaimed word, uh, to encourage one another, to basically continue what started in Acts chapter 2. I'm grateful anytime I can meet servants uh, from around the world that do your work and lead other people. And Charles is one of those men. I pray a very special blessing on he and his family. Father, he has a, a great responsibility with so many of our world radio speakers in Kenya. And I pray you will continue to give him strength and health and vitality and continue to have a heart that not only seeks you but also is willing to sacrifice for other people. Father, Kenya has had a difficult time in recent days because of attacks from those on the Christian faith. Many have made and paid the ultimate price of their lives because of their faith in you. I pray a great blessing on those families today, those who have lost people they love because of you. And I pray, Father, that you will guard them and surround them and protect them uh, from evil forces uh, that are in that area and in that region. Father, I pray that no matter what happens, people will continue to follow you to come to you in spite of the threat of violence against them in your name. I pray, Father, a great blessing on Kenya and all the countries of Africa and those who are proclaiming you as Lord and be with our brother Charles and give him strength, be safe in his travels and his work for support and other things that he needs to continue to work there. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you would, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to the book of Jonah, chapter 2. Trent introduced this series uh, last Sunday. And uh, so we're going to continue in it, have a couple more weeks studying Jonah. I want to remind you, in September the 7th will be our day that we go to two services. And so we'll be uh, planning on which service you're going to worship in and which service you're going to serve in. You might want to do it that way, you know. Uh, so uh, uh, the, there are going to be doubled up everything, so we need extra workers and extra hands on deck, and we'll have a time uh, here in a couple of weeks where we talk about that a little bit more, make sure we have everything covered there. Uh, but uh, uh, it's an exciting time. There's a lot of good things going on, a lot of folks hearing the gospel, and so uh, that, makes, uh, that makes what we do fun, you know. It really is. Uh, it's the joy of the Lord, and that keeps giving us strength to keep on doing what we need to be doing. Well, Trent told us a big fish story last week, and uh, fish stories tend to be exaggerated, right? But not this one. This is a real man, a real prophet. This is a real city, a real great city of Nineveh. This is uh, a real ocean he's thrown into, and a real fish that swallows him up. And you remember, he's fleeing, he's running from God. You remember what that's like, right? 
Because all of you, you did that, right? You did that. I did that at one time. I tried to run from God. Even though he's everywhere, we, somehow or another, in our own human mess-ups in our mind, we think we can get away from God. And, and so John kind of thought this. He really didn't want to answer God's call to what God wanted him to do. Well, after he flees for a while and then realizes, you know, I've got to turn my life back to God, he, he finds God in this, uh, in this dip in the ocean and in the belly of a fish. Now, uh, we had a little fish growing up. Josh won it. He won a, when he was a little boy, he won a goldfish. He named it, uh, it, named it, he named it Methuselah, which actually lived up to its name. The fish lasted like a year. I thought maybe a day and it'd be gone, you know. I know how we are with pets. And uh, uh, so uh, then, uh, uh, then Derek uh, Stevenson, I don't know if Derek's here this morning or not, but uh, Derek, he had some fish. Gary and Pam got, uh, got them some fish. Now, he was a little bit more, uh, uh, he used biblical names too. His, the fish in his name, Matthew, Mark, Luke. John, you got it, you got it. That was his fish. The problem was he was a little curious about these fish. And so Derek thought, you know, I wonder if I buried them all under the rocks in the bottom if they could get out. <laughs> so he tried it, and guess what? They didn't make it. And so Gary was wanting to make sure that he learned a lesson from this, so he tied the fish on a string around his neck and made him wear it the rest of the day. Derek, did you get your lesson, son? He, he got it. He's back there. You know, uh, this story of Jonah, though, is a fish story that teaches us a great, great lesson. And it's really a lesson about when you find God, you find grace. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. I want to just read the passage here. And really, this is Jonah's prayer. Actually, originally uh, in the Hebrew, this chapter really starts back up in verse, the last verse of chapter 1. That's where we're going to start reading. And uh, let's just read this text. But the Lord provided a great fish to, uh, to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. And from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. And he said, in my distress, I called to the Lord. Some of y'all know what that feels like, don't you? You've had those moments of distress and you just holler out. And he answered me. From the depths of the grave I called for help and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas and the currents swirled about me. All your waves. Look, he understands. He's not blaming the guys on the boat that threw him over. He knew this is God's waves. God's in control here. And breakers swept over me. I said, I've been banished from your sight, yet I'll look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred in, uh, me in forever. But you brought my life up from the pit, O oh Lord my God. You realize that Jonah must have had a great knowledge of the Psalms because he just keeps quoting them all through this prayer. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I'll make good. Salvation comes 
from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. So he, 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 I don't know that he didn't pray more than this, but this is what we have recorded. And so Jonathan, uh, he's thrown out of the boat. He knows he's sinking to his death. The waves are there. He's drowning. He's going down to the deep. And he, and, he, and he looks for God. And God rescues him. Now, this prayer, uh, uh, most of my prayers aren't like this. You know, most of my prayers tend to be more selfish. You know, I, I, I want to use God like a vending machine. I want to say, God, give me this. If I punch the right button, boom, it falls out the bottom. I get what I ask for. And we kind of think sometimes of God like that. Or we think that, that we're doing all the work here and prayer is just kind of a, you know, spiritual exercise really doesn't amount to much. But uh, there's another prayer uh, that we don't say it out loud like this, but I want you to listen to this prayer uh, uh, it's a prayer by, you may, if you're familiar with the movie Shenandoah, you'll remember this prayer by Jimmy Stewart. Uh, listen to the words that, that he says during his prayer. Okay, do we have that, guys? Lord, we cleared this land. We plowed it, sowed it, and harvested. We cooked the harvest. It wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be eating it if we hadn't done it all ourselves. We work dog bone hard for every crumb and morsel, but we thank you just same anyway, Lord, for this food we're about to eat. Amen. Okay. <laughs> okay, now some of us are kind of like that, you know. We go through life, it looks like we're busy, we're working, we're accomplishing, we're in, and we did it all, but, you know, thank you, Lord, anyway, right? Well, that's not Jonah's prayer, and it's not our prayer today. Because ours is, comes, is born out of uh, experiencing grace. And when you experience God's grace, your prayer takes on a little bit of a different uh, attitude. First thing I see in his prayer here is that God's grace gives help in distress. Now, it's a shame that we wait till we're in distress sometimes to go to God. But distress is going to come our way. There's going to be times coming. And look, this situation was one he brought on himself. You know, he, Jonah is the cause of his own distress and his own mess that he's in. And yet when he cries out to his God, God is gracious enough and hears him. An undeserving man praying an undeserving prayer to a great God who has grace and gives him help in his distress. And look at the tools he used to give him help. He used his sovereignty, his power over creation. It was his waves. It was his ocean. He, he was the one that directed the boat where it needed to be. It was his great fish that he created, that he commanded of that fish to go and swallow this man that belonged to God. And it was God's uh, command and demand that the fish throw him up upon, the, uh, upon dry land. It was all about God. God used these kinds of tools and his power to help this man in distress. Now let me, think, let me ask you something. Whatever distress you're in right now, the creator of the universe has all kinds of tools at his disposal. He is sovereign. He is powerful. He can help you in your distress. He really can. But God's grace also gives us opportunity to start brand new. Don't you love second chances? I mean, have you ever looked at something and thought, man, I wish I could do that all over again. I, mean, I, would, I would do it different. I would change something. And you look for new opportunities. 
and new chances. That's what God's grace gives. God's grace gave Jonah a second chance to answer the call that God had called him to, to go preach the good news. So he got a second opportunity. And it's not just about first or second or third. Remember what Jesus said. Hey, look, if a brother comes and sins against you, forgive him. How many times? Just a few. Is there a limit here? Is it seven times? No, 70 times. He says there is no limit on forgiving a brother. And look, there is no limit on God's grace. There is only rebellion against God's grace, but there's no limit to what God can overflow into your life. You have not done anything that's more powerful than the grace of God. He gives you more opportunities. He gave Jonah more opportunities. He gave Nineveh more opportunities. And he gives us opportunities time and time again. Look at how Jesus did that same thing. He walks up to the woman and says, where's your husband? Well, I'm, I'm not married. No, you're not. You blew about five marriages already. Now, so now you just took a guy living with him. Some of y'all have done that. Some of you are doing it right now. Just be honest, right? And at any point in her life, God would have been justified in the condemnation of her soul. And yet, he offers her grace. Jesus is there at the well and says, I've got some living water for you. I can change your life. And she runs. She finds out he's Jesus. She, she helps change a whole community of people as she finds the grace of God. That's good news. That's good for all of us. Or it's the woman caught in adultery. Remember in the book of John? They're having an early morning Bible class, it says, in John chapter 8. They're gathered up there outside the temple courts. Jesus is teaching. And all of a sudden, the religious leaders bring in a woman caught in adultery, throw her out in front of the whole group of them, and say, she was caught. The Bible says, stoner. What do you say, Jesus? So he scratches on the ground and looks up and says, I'll tell you what, whoever doesn't have any sin, y'all go ahead and throw the first stone. And the stones drop, boom, 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 one at a time as they leave. And he tells her, go and sin no more. Another opportunity to start living right. The prophet said that your mercies, Lord, are, are new every what? Morning. Every morning. And I need them every morning. So there's more enough opportunities. Grace gives us that. Plenty of opportunities. Because you see, God desires us to be saved. Remember in the book of Peter? Peter wrote, 2 Peter chapter 3. He said, look, God is patient. God is long-suffering. He, he doesn't want anyone to perish. He desires all men to be saved. That's his heart. And by the way, that has to be our heart too. But also God's grace gives reasons to shout, to sing, and to sacrifice. You see in the verse he says, but I, in verse 9, with a song of thanksgiving will sacrifice to you. I, with a song of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. This side, thanks. Y'all did pretty good. You're a little slow here. Thanks. Thanksgiving. Because when we learn to be thankful for God's grace, it affects our giving. And he says that becomes sacrifice. 
Now, I can think of a lot better places than the belly of a well to have a Thanksgiving meal, right? I don't know who had the Thanksgiving meal, the fish or Jonah, but there was Thanksgiving going on. Now, look, grace gives us reasons. Grace promotes in our hearts sacrifice and thanksgiving. They sang a song of thanksgiving. Look, Jonah went down there trying to say, where's my wallet? Did I lose it in the bucket? Because, you know, I don't know. Did I give 10% and do, or do I have to? Is that gross income or is that, you know? You think he's working on that? You think he's doing math in the, in the belly of the fish? He's not figuring out, well, if I can, well, that's my limit. If I give that much, that's all the government allows for me to, uh, you know, deduct and and now look, I'm glad we get to deduct. I'm not much for giving the government my money. They ain't done too well with the money I've already given them. So, you know, I'm not real big on that. But look, we don't give because we have some discount or we get some blessing. We give because God showed his grace on us and it promotes our hearts to give to God with sacrifice. It, even if it hurts, it doesn't matter. We're giving because God has saved me from my sins. I do not deserve to be here. I deserve to die. I deserve to be lost. But by cause of God's grace, praise Him. I'll sing out thanksgiving and sacrifice with my money and my life because of the grace of God. That's reasons to give and to be thankful. Are you thankful today? I'm thankful. Let's sing a song about thanksgiving. All right. By the way, I preached over university. We didn't do this. They got cheated out of this part. <laughs> or blessed. Worship team, y'all got your mics? Just turn those on. Let's, I hope y'all remember the words, okay? Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the price you paid. Bearing all my sin and shame. In love you came and gave amazing grace. Thank you for the love, Lord. Thank you for the nail-pierced hands. Wash me in your cleansing flow. Now all I know, your forgiveness and embrace. Let's stand, stand. Worthy is the Lamb seated on the throne. Crown you now with many crowns. You reign victorious. You are high lifted Jesus. Oh, my God. 
a song of thanksgiving. That's what Jonah had. And that's what grace promotes. But you know, God's grace also gives us this message. It's a message, he says, it's from the Lord. Salvation is from the Lord. Now, a lot of people may try to look at other places for salvation. They're not going to find it. It's only from the Lord. It's only by the name of Jesus that a person can come to a right relationship with God. But here's what's great about this. Are you ready? Everybody listen? This message, he wants to use you and me, messed up people who have been in distress, to take this and declare it to great cities all over the world. He's chosen you and all your mess-ups and all your problems and all your distress and you turn to God and God says, not only that, not only am I going to rescue you, I'm going to take you and I'm going to use you to rescue other people. Because now I'm going to use you, even though you don't deserve I'm going to use you to declare the message. Salvation is from the Lord. And that's your message and it's my message. And when we go out of here this week, we have good news to share with everybody we meet. Salvation is from the Lord. So, Mike, I can't do that. My life's so messed up. That's right. That's why you can do it. God's grace was great enough to save you in your mess-ups. So share that with everybody else. And let them have the same hope that you found. Salvation is from the Lord. We have a great message. And God has chosen messed up people like Jonah, who was weak, who even tried to run off. And later on still has some problems in his maturity. And yet he used him to take a message to a great city to change people's lives. Well, the one verse I didn't talk about, I want to talk about now in verse 8. He mentions this. The one negative thing about it. Those who cling to worthless idols, and he uses this word, forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Forfeit. What a sad thing that because I hang on to other things that I tr put my trust in, that I forfeit grace that is right there at my fingertips. A sad, sad thing. Say, Mike, I've not been building any idols, and I've not been bound down to any graven images. No, maybe not in this culture. But we bow down to a lot of other things. We let a lot of other things control our lives that we put our trust in. Sometimes it's our, it's, sometimes it's our possessions. And we think if I just had all that situated, I'd be stable, life would be good. No. No, they, those come and go. Right? That's not what we put our trust in. We can't put our trust in our goods, and we can't put our trust in our good behavior. Because sometimes our own actions or our own religion even becomes an idol to us. We think, son, if I'll just go on Sundays and Wednesdays and I'll be there and I'll, I'm a member of a church and I'm religious, surely then God will save me. It's not about being good. It's about trusting God. Salvation is not from my goodness. Salvation is from the goodness of grace of God. 
So if I'm going to trust myself, I forfeit the grace that is available. If I'm going to trust my own ability and my own intellect to figure out everything just right, then I'm going to forfeit God's grace. If I'm going to sit around and think that, hey, at our church, we got it all on. Everybody here is right and every other group out there is wrong. If somehow or another I'm going to take that attitude of arrogance and pride and think because my intellect figured some things out in the Bible that I can be saved and other people can't, i got news for you. We will forfeit the grace of God if we don't understand. We can't trust anything but Him. But Him. We can't serve God and money. We can't keep one foot in the world and one in the church. So it's time to quit doing the things that keep grace away from us and start trusting the one who can give grace to us. See, when you call on God like Jonah, you're calling on a God who has power over the creation to use for your benefit. You're calling on a God who has the power to save you from your sins. You're calling on a God who has the ability to bring you up from the dead. You're calling on a God that, has the, that had the love and the heart to send His Son to die for our sins. You're calling on a God that gave the Holy Spirit to dwell within us to help us in life. You're calling on a God that is more powerful than anything we've ever experienced. You're calling on a God that's planned a home for us. You're calling on a God that put us all in this church family together. You're calling on a God that gives us a message that's powerful enough to change where you spend eternity. That's the kind of God we call on, we receive by grace, and then He uses the church to be powerful in the community in which He lives. And that's you. That's you. So don't don't cling to anything that would forfeit God's grace but let go of it and experience the grace of God old Jonah started out prejudiced I don't want to talk to those people Nineveh they're not my kind I'm not going to do what God says. I'm going to run. Start out like a lot of us. And yet he, when he does turn to God, he finds God and he finds grace. Now, when God rescues him, he has a message to go tell a great, great city who is lost. And it's going to, this message is going to impact the hearts of men and women over a great, great city. Don't be surprised at how God uses you to make an impact over many or few, but he'll use you when you go out with a message of grace. So the question today is really... Are you going to appeal to God like Jonah? Acknowledging that even in your distress and mess that God is great enough with his grace to love you and forgive you? Will you acknowledge that? Would you acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God? 
Would you walk down this aisle and into that baptistry and reenact the story of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and get that brand new start that grace provides? That's what you have the opportunity to do. Or maybe you are God's child and you, you ran for a while and you just need to come running back to God. This is really a prodigal story. And you know what I love about the prodigal son story? It's the one picture in the Bible when God's in a hurry. And I'll tell you, he's in a hurry this morning to save you if you'll come to him. If you have a need, please come while together we stand and sing. from heaven said to
shining Gotta listen to him. Listen to him. Oh, 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 listen to him. Listen to him. Moses and Elijah talking there with Jesus. A cloud enveloped them. Terrified. The disciples faced down to the ground. Looked up and the only one they found was Jesus.
Should it go left? Or should it go right? I believe the child really ought to know now. Who is gonna tell the child about Jesus? Who is gonna tell the child about God? Who's going to tell? Well, I believe, I believe it's my responsibility to tell the child about God. See that child, his life is a mess You want know what's inside of his head I've got to tell you all If someone doesn't tell him about the love of the Lord is having surgery uh, This on August the 13th We'd like our prayers uh, Ann Bartley also asked us to pray for her friend Kayla Miller uh, She's in ICU She's lost some fingers And the doctors don't really know how that happened uh, so we just pray the doctors will find a reason they're concerned about losing more. So uh, an issue there. Also, Bill and Carol Durham asked us to pray for them. They had uh, went to the doctor, found some spots on their face that uh, were cancerous, and they're just wanting to, uh, to pray for the doctors to find the right way to deal with that. Uh, also, if you haven't, again, if you haven't signed up for the HeartFest banquet, stop there. And also remember uh, today particularly, but uh, for every day for the next few months, uh, Echo Sutterfield and Samantha Watts, they left today headed to Croatia. So please pray for safe travel and, and the great victories that they'll uh, come in contact with as they share God's love to that, that country. Let's pray. Fathers, we uh, leave today. We leave knowing that you are the creator of the universe. You're in control of everything that uh, we will ever have to deal with if we'll just trust you and uh, search for your will in our life. Father, you, you have chosen us remarkably. You have forgiven us time and time again and see something in us that you know that you can use for your kingdom. And it's for the good of those around us, Father, that we can share the hope that we have. And we pray, Father, that we will do that. In every word we speak, with every action and thought, we're going to reflect our faith in you. And we pray, Father, that we do it in a way that causes people to ask, what is it about your life? And we can share that hope about Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you'll be with those that we've prayed for today. Uh, be especially with uh, Echo and Samantha as they're, they're traveling, Father. Uh, first time to be this far away, but also uh, they're going to be on the front lines for your kingdom. And I just pray protection for them. Father, we love you, and we just pray that we can honor you in everything we do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.